everybody. Uh, welcome. This is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Putwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. And this is a podcast where MG and I, uh, we aim to bring you our experiences as we trudge the happy road of destiny, as we go about our daily lives, our work, and family, and social lives, and self-care, and talk to you about the um, the different barriers obstacles we encounter and how we how we deal with them or what we learned our challenges our opportunities and this is part of our 12-step work where we're trying to carry the message to others and we're trying to put it out there and just sharing with you how we've tried to figure out things along the way and uh, you know I like to say that um, you know I don't know how to keep anybody else sober only know what works for me and I want to encourage everybody to figure out what works for you and one of the things that we do is and that's the first word and the first step we is uh, that you know we support each other and we talk to each other reason things out with one another and so one of the things that I feel like it's important to talk about is uh, what we wanted what we do when we want to blow it up and uh, what I mean by that is, and, and I once went to an AA meeting, and I'm not going to say this person's name, but there was a very famous person in, in the AA meeting in New York. And it was sort of like we went in, and this person came in, and everybody's like, ooh, 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 this is person, very famous. And, uh, and this person shared. And um, this person shared, and this person's got like, you know, double-digit sobriety, Right. And they shared that as much of sobriety as they have, they still have the urge and desire to blow it up. And I had a situation at my work recently where we had a little bit of a roach infestation in one little area. We had a shower area in one of the um, bathrooms that wasn't used and somebody put all these boxes in it. And it was by a drain and these roaches like Oh my God, those roaches were so happy. They were all over it. Well, we should clarify though first because roaches here in Texas are not really roaches. They're called palmetto bugs. And they're like <laughs> these huge, they beetles. are. They're big beetles, they like are, two inches. Yes, as large as one of your fingers, brown. And they, um, fly. they fly. They can fly. So mm. if they're on the wall and you go at it to try and uh, smack it, it flies at you. So. <laughs> They're incredibly frightening. Yes. And disgusting to me. I mean, I can like, I can wrangle a snake. I can like kill a mom. I mean, there's like <laughs> nothing in the world that I don't think that I can deal with except those big palmetto bugs. They just, I mean, you know, so, I've had to have Elizabeth pick I've, a dead I, one yes, up off the yeah, floor for She me. left it. A, I, who knows how long it was there. And I got there to record the podcast and she goes, would you pick it up? And I was like, yes, I will. And Samantha, so my daughter, who's an adult, she was over here last week. I can't remember what day, but um, I heard her stomping around in here. And, um, and and she goes, I think I pulled a hamstring trying to kill they're a daunting challenge let me just say that and so you know I told my boss about the situation in in the uh you know the shower and uh, he minimized it he went in and he said oh I went in there and looked at it and you know it's that not that big of a deal it was a big deal y'all let me just say there was I saw I saw about four of them and you know I know that when you see four there's like a hundred so, and they were like all over these boxes and there was all schmutzy stuff on the boxes. They were like very happy making a nest there. 
And probably like later in the afternoon, he came back to my office and he sat down. He goes, I want to talk to you about something. And he looked very serious. And I thought, oh my God, he's getting ready to fire me or fire somebody or something. It was a serious look on his face. And so I was like, okay, what is it? He said, I apologize because what, he goes, I went back and I looked at that situation and you're right. It's an infestation and it's very, very bad. But from the time that I had told him about it until the time that he came back and apologized to me and sort of made an amends, I was ready to put my purse on my shoulder and say, fuck all y'all and fuck this job and you filthy people and shoot him a bird and like walk out the door. You know, it's my rebellious teenager that comes up for me and that, you know, I'm not being, um, you know, respected for my opinion and I'm not being heard. And it's this filthy thing that I feel like reflects upon me as a human being. Like I want to be like in a clean place. I want to, you know, I've done too much cleaning up in my life to be in that kind of trash. And so I was, I was ready, you know, and it was just like this process that I had to keep, you know, calm down. And that's uh, one of the phrases that has been really helpful to me when I want to do that, when I want to blow it up, when I want to burn it down, like all the progress. I mean, this is a great job for me. It's part-time, it's flexible. I can go on auditions. It's a wonderful situation for me. They pay me well. They like me. It's like great. And still I want to burn it up. So I had a job situation that reminds me of this recently, and I had, um, and I've shared this with you, but I had um, one boss, and I went into her, so there was two bosses, actually, and one of them left, and so when this first one left, I went into the head boss, and I said, hey, I want a raise, very significant raise, it was a lot of money, and I said, I haven't had a raise in a long time, so many years, And if you leave, I have to start all over again. Now, she hadn't said anything about leaving, but I just had a feeling. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. if that guy left, then she may leave. And then I've got to start all over again. So um, she agreed. And she said, I don't know if I can do that amount, but you're right. And it would be a horrible loss to the paper if you left. So... um, Weeks went by and not nothing. And so I went in and I fought to follow up. I, I haven't seen any increase on my paycheck. She says, oh, I still haven't asked. And, um, and then she left. She left and she never did anything about my raise. So then I get a new boss and several months go by through this process. And, and um, there's a, an announcement that there's money for raises and, uh, you know, certain people are going to get them. And I got called into his office and he shared with me um, that he, I got a certain percentage. And the next day was Friday and I, I was in a hurry and I was like, thank you very much. And I got up the next morning, I got my phone and I calculated how much that was. And I was like, motherfuckers, I was so mad. It was, it was a pittance. It was a pittance. It wouldn't even show up on my paycheck. And um, I, thank, I, I was building a case. I was like going to go in there and tell him, I've been here for this long. This is what I do. This is ridiculous. You know, I was, I was mad. I was going to blow it up. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, thankfully, I have a mind. (laughs) (laughs) And a little bit of recovery under your belt. (laughs) And I calmed the fuck down. And I called somebody and talked to somebody. Yeah. And got, you know, and and I cried. And I cried that angry cry. I was really upset. Yeah. And it was so helpful, though, to talk to somebody else. And and, um, I formulated a plan. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to go in there and demand what I want. I'm going to build a case for myself. And so I had these two big events coming up. I said, I'm going to handle both of these events seamlessly. I'm going to show him what I can do, what I'm capable. And before the first event was even over, he called me in his office and he said, oh, I just wanted to let you know I got you some more money. And it was about half of what I had originally asked for. But and still, it was, more, it was it substantial was, yes. than the little it, pittance. So it did a couple of things for me. One is it really helped me see, <laughs> don't blow it up. It's not the right thing to do. No. Because this felt really good, you know. Yeah, this yeah. felt really good that I, um, first of all, that because I thought, like, this guy recognizes me for what I do. He, you know, I felt like he was, you know, knowing me. Yes. And the first raise did not feel like he knew me. I was just, I was like, I misread that whole thing. Right. And then when he came back, I was like, no, I didn't misread it. Right. I, I, I do, he does know me and right. he does see that I'm worthy of it. Right. So that was the first thing that it did. But the other thing it did is it's like, I let it go. I told the universe what I wanted. I made a plan. I let it go. And I implemented the plan and it fell in my lap. I never had to go in there and ask for it. And sort of the same thing that you did, although I don't think you made a plan about, you know, how you well, you know, I mean, the boxes. Well, here's the deal. You know, there's two things that, you know, I feel like what I did is pause when agitated. Yes. So I I love that. And I can't remember where exactly it is in in the big book. But, you know, uh, pause when agitated is like something that has helped me so much in my life. And what you did is you let go and let God. So, you know, those two little phrases really are very helpful when I think about, um, you know, and and it's so much now involved in my life where I don't even think, oh, I just paused when agitated. I can think about it in retrospect. Because, you know, after working a 10th step, you know, when we're wrong, promptly admitted it, you know, that's how I live my life. I don't want to do anything where I'm going to have to go back and make a, you know, fucking amends. Formal amends, yes. Jeez Louise, how painful is that? And uh, so it's like, okay, so I just, you know, shut my mouth and I just, you know, uh, allowed it to kind of be what it was. But when we have someone know us, and that's what my boss did too, and it was like he knew that he needed to come and talk to me and validate me and say I wasn't crazy that this was a a real situation and that he was going to take care of it. And I had to let him take care of it because usually I take care of things like that, but I refused. I'm not, I said, I'm not going to have anything to do with this. You're going to have to tell that man that got the other uh, renter from our space. He's going to have to move those boxes out. You're going to have to handle this. And he didn't like that piece of it when I was telling him originally. And I had to allow him the time and the space to do it. And, I mean, it's still not perfect. There's still some stuff in there that, you know, is not this other guy's. And I'm just, I'm, I'm letting it go. 
because it's not worth my good job to blow it up. Well, and there's another component here that comes up for me that I can hear you say is that um, know thyself. And in both instances, and you and I can be very powerful, overbearing women. And, um, you know, we can go in there and, you know, the mom bear is going to come out, you know, and, but it, it isn't who I want to be. I didn't want to handle it that way. I want to be recognized, you know, I want to be the calm source of, you know, organization and solutions at my job, not, you know, somebody everybody's watching out for, you know. Right. Well, and that's how I, why I kind of drive in traffic because it's like I don't want someone to see me and say, oh, she like thinks she's all recovered and shit and I saw her cut off somebody, you know. It's like... <laughs> You know, or put somebody a bird. Yeah, she's real recovered. You know, she's got a podcast. You know, who the hell does she think she is? You know, it's like I really want to be authentic and true to myself and to be like aspirational and like, you know, trying to be the better person than uh, I am sometimes in my heart. And that's also like fake it till you make it. You know, I love that phrase as well. It's like, well, you know, I don't feel recovered right now. I do want to shoot him the bird, but, you know, I'm just going to, like, um, go get some water. I'm going to take a break. I mean, there's, like, a hundred things that yeah, I can do. Yeah, breathe. I mean, Call those somebody, emotions are strong mm. when they happen, you know. It was like, but I did, you know, for in my situation, I know, like, I I felt really proud of myself for breathing and remaining calm and you know processing with somebody neutral um you know she doesn't work there and I didn't have to involve her you know that part of it was really important and valuable to my recovery that I'm able to do that yeah I'm I wasn't always able to do that and sit back and and I I was proud of the way I handled it it was like the adult me showed up right not the little girl right and that's what i call that is when we do do that is leading with the little girl like letting a five-year-old well, drive the bus go, ah, well i didn't get what i wanted and that's no fair you know and that right in an adult and, situation and throw, and throw a full body tantrum oh, fit hell right yeah. on the floor yeah I, and i was well prepared for that <laughs> took my shoes off had a took whole my arsenal <laughs> yep I was ready, ready. but I'm really glad that I didn't, you know, I'm really, um, I feel solid and that I can wait, you know, and that I can be patient and, um, know myself, you know, calm the little girl, reparent her. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's come up with a plan. Like it wasn't right. And like, it wasn't fair. That's true. And when we turn it over to God, you know, I love my friend. I have a friend that always reminds me, you know, God is my source. Right. Not my boss. God is my source. Not those damn roaches. God is my source. I'm going to be okay. And when I have faith, because I think that like faith precedes action sometimes, is that if I can have faith that it's all going to work out to my best benefit then I can, you know, go on with the business at hand, which is, you know, I needed to work that day. I needed to do, you know, my, um, you know, my tasks. So getting back to basics. And I love what you said, because it's like, you'd like to say that it's easy to be sober in a meeting. 
It is. You can sit there and like, you know, but you got to take it out in the world and drive this motherfucker and make right, it work. Right, right. And we not know, blow it up. Well, we know so many people who are great in meetings. They're so articulate and they have great shares. And then, you know, we he- hear that they just like foreclosed on their house and they have <laughs> or like, whatever, you know, yes, or, or that. Acting out or, yeah. yeah. You know, and so I'm like, isn't that fascinating? So... I would rather be sober in my life and not make much sense in a meeting than, you know, be this erudite But you can take this whole concept right down to the beginning of your sobriety. Because in the beginning, there were many situations where I really wanted to fill in the blank. Call him, text him, go over there, drive by, lose my dignity, key his car. I mean, whatever. There were many times when those emotions were so overpowering. And this whole thing, like just pause when agitated or just, you know, figure out how I want to show up. I think for me, that's really what it is. It's like, how do I want to handle this? Well, because I think that's also part of the 12th step where... You know, when we want to carry this message, it's also, like in Christian terms, it's like living my life so that my life is a witness. It's like living my life so that when people look at me and they were like, what's going on with her? She's like happy and pleasant and or whatever or mature or whatever you want to call it. It's like I'm interested to know more about that person as an individual and then if I can like tell my story and they might need help around any kind of sobriety or, or whatever, then I feel like I'm carrying the message in that way by just how I live my life. So, I mean, and listen, I don't do it perfectly. Let me tell you, you know, I found a dead roach yesterday and a sponsee was over at my house and she wanted to caretake me a little bit. And she's like, do you want me to get it for you? I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to like show up. I haven't done it yet. It's still like under the chair, but it's there. I know I'm going to get it. Because I I don't want to be this little weenie baby around it. I want to be like, you know, and and I usually do take care of it. It just takes me a minute to get to it. So I got to think about it. (laughs) I got to prep myself. I got to prep. I can't, you know, do it. It, it, It's out of sight, out of mind. But that's even though, that's even part of it is like prepping yourself is like getting ready. You know, you don't need to just like dive into it, you know, just relax. Just relax. Calm the fuck down. Calm the you know? fuck down. And that's been like, what I also want to say is something that's helped me recently is to develop a key phrase around something. Instead of getting into the mind trap where I want to go to the negative thoughts. So, for example, I've been um, launching a new initiative. And I don't want to talk about it here because I want to remain anonymous, but it requires me to be more social. And so I've had a social thing Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. And I've been fine, but Friday night after leaving the social event, I was like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. And I started having this little anxiety monster kind of grow within me. And I, and it was like, Whoa! and I said this, I'm like, calm the fuck down. We're fine. Everything's fine. What are you doing? You're fine. And for me, I'm on a real strict eating plan right now. And my first go-to, I was passing my CVS pharmacy, open 24 hours, you know. Candy, 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 candy. Well, <laughs> I wanted the cheddar cheese Pringles. That's what I wanted okay. to eat the whole can, you know. And so I was like, that, that was my go-to. And it's like, no, calm the fuck down. You don't need to go do that. That's not on your food plan. 
you know, we can make it be on your food plan, but that's not your food plan today. That's like acting out with food. It is. Because of my anxiety. It's, u- it's using food to make to change your state. Right. I think I use what do I really need? I think that helps me the most. Yeah. And I that because I remember having that thought that morning after <laughs> it's like and the, it, the anger was building. I could feel it and I was just like, "Oh, man." I'm not I I'm not good. I need to like Yes. <laughs> and I was like, what do I really need? I need to talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I did this Or the next right thing. What's the next right thing? What's I the love next it. or what do I really need? Yeah. And I did that on um during the week when I was describing the other conflict with you. Yeah. I was like, Okay, what do I need here? I need to talk to somebody, you know? Yeah. And um it's funny, I called the same person both times. Well, we have these support systems in place, these people who love us and do know us and can talk us off the ledge because, you know, getting back to our topic of, you know, wanting to blow it up, I mean, it's less and less and less for me as I grow in my sobriety and recovery, but it does come up every often. And I think because it is like a strong action, and I believe our program is a program of action, and I feel like I want to do something, you know, I want to fix it, or I want to like change it or shift it immediately. Because me as the addict, I want to get out of that it's feeling. It's instant gratification. Sure. I want to, I'm going to do something, you know, the bolting, you know, yeah. grab my person, leave, that'll fix it. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'll show her or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have that same type of response, but... I think that the, you know, just sitting in it, getting some, you know, having a support group is so key for me. Yeah. You know, I had several people that I was like going through my phone and going like, okay, I could call this person, this person, this person, and I think I could get the help I need. Right. Because I think that we as addicts, we lose our impulse control. I mean, as I get sober, I have a better management around all that, but it's this impulse control. And like, if I'm newly sober... In whatever addiction I have, it's less likely that I'll be able to, you know, uh, moderate those impulses. So that's why I'm so grateful for my long-term sobriety because I can't pause and agitate it. I can let go and let God. I can reach out to others. I can put those solutions into action and have a better outcome for myself because that's ultimately what I want is a better outcome for myself. Yeah, and I too, too, like I was able to release the energy around that, you know, the negative feelings that I had towards my boss when I was doing that. And I was able to like let it go and still like, you know, going to work. Show hey, up. How are yeah. you? And that's what I really want to be able to do. Right. I want to be able to release that negativity, that, you know, what the feeling of I'm not known, the feeling of I'm like not I'm worthy. not respected. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because you know the truth about yourself. Right. And when I look to others to define my truth, that's when I get into a big, big trouble. Because they never come through. Well, and that was <laughs> I like, mean, on a consistent, right, sustaining right, right. basis. We right. have to do that ourselves. Correct. And so when my boss said, no, it's not that bad, I wanted to say, you're wrong. And I didn't. I just looked at him and I was like, okay. And, you know, I went back to my little office and I sat there and, you know, to, to see him speak about my reality that was completely untrue, it, it took me a minute. It took me a minute and I processed it. And because I did those things, paused my attitude, let go, let God, kept my mouth shut, calm the fuck down. 
um, you know, then he he had some time and some space to go reevaluate the situation and, and come back to me. And so I think that I can apply that to so many other things in my right. life because it's like I'm not allowing somebody to define my truth any longer. I know what the truth is and I can advocate for myself and I can make those changes, you know. Uh, and, and what it reminded me to do that night was to continue my job search. You know, it's like, get online, get busy, start networking, start talking about what it is you want. And, uh, and, and so that's all I have to say. I think that's really smart, though. I, do, I think it's always the best move to pull away, you know. Temporarily. Yes. Until we can Make reevaluate. Make space, look at it. You know, create a plan on how you're going to, you know, the best thing that I did was to formulate this plan inside my head. All right. I still want it, but this is how I'm going to go about it. And rather than, you know, something that was outside of my value system to go in there and demand and act like a little kid. And I just don't want to do that. Well, and, you know, law of attraction tells us about holding the higher vibration thing in our consciousness for like 17 seconds. So what is it that I want? And what I want is to be known and heard and be respected. And, uh, and, and ultimately I got that. And then I also want a flexible part-time job that pays well and, you know, allows me to do my other things. And so, you know, I've got that right now. So ultimately it, it law of attraction fulfilled that. And I will continue to use law of attraction and to be thinking about what it is that I want and staying focused on doing the next right thing. Right, right. So, listener, here's the takeaway from it. Pause when agitated. Know thyself. You know, know when you're like in your little girl or in your in your little child rather than the adult. Um, process. Get some support around it. You don't need to do anything right now. <laughs> you know, give it some space. Think about how you want to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, go back and formulate the the plan on how you're going to do this and how you're going to show up. Find out what you want. Think about what it is to what it is. What do you want? What do I want? That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, thank Elizabeth. You. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, listener. Good. And uh, if you guys have a question and you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at SoberSistersTalk at gmail dot com. We have a website, www.sobersisterstalk.com. And we also have a Facebook page, Sober Sisters Talk, and we do put all of the um, our podcasts up there. And we thank you for listening. If you can find a way to breach your own anonymity and, and share it, we would appreciate that. Um, you that know, can the, be part of your 12th step to carry the message as well. Right. And we're also on iTunes, so look us up. Yeah, find us. Keep listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.